Realty. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. And welcome to the Reveal It Rob show. I am your host, Reveal It Rob, coming at you with all of the latest news and movies, as well as some reviews. And this week, I've got two reviews coming at you. First one, of course, being for Stranger Things Season 4. Can't wait to talk about that. And I will also be reviewing Top Gun Maverick that hit theaters last week. Two spoiler-free reviews coming at you on this week's episode, as well as, again, all the latest news, what's releasing this week, all the fun talk. Hope all of you out there have been doing good, been doing great, been doing amazing since the last time we talked. Hope you were able to enjoy some uh, movie watching or film watching. Maybe you checked out Top Gun Maverick over the weekend or the last week. Maybe you checked out Stranger Things Season 4 over the week. Hope you checked out Stranger Things, obviously. I'm going to talk about both of them. Can't wait to talk about both of them. Get my feelings on both. So... Other than that, take care of a little business up front here. Be sure to follow the Thrill Me Podcast Network on Facebook and on YouTube, where you can find all of our podcasts and content loaded up there all the time. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going there. Every single one of our podcast shows hits uh, the YouTube. Follow our Facebook for fun posts and um, updates on our shows as well. And we've also got a Patreon where all of our shows um, will do special things, man. So you got... Uh, Yet past episodes of Haunters Podcast, um, crew doing some great shows over there. You've got uh, the Crypt of Horror, Mr. Wonderful Show, where he dives into Tales from the Crypt episodes. And I, myself, have uh, uploaded my previous Nightmare on Review at Street shows, where I dived into uh, French film franchises. First two are, are up there in full. you got Nightmare on Elm Street, and you've got Saw. And coming in June, uh, which is in a couple days, you may be listening to this in June. Um... I will be releasing my show, Flix It, on the Patreon. That is a show where I dive into the latest stuff on Netflix, uh, including their, obviously, new releases, and maybe hitting that little shuffle button every now and then to see what I get. But other than that, man, that take care of some business up there. You can follow me on the Twitter at review underscore it underscore Rob, uh, as well as on Instagram uh, at review underscore it underscore Rob, where, you know, I 
randomly post every now and then. Mostly, you know, talking about my show, post a movie stuff, and uh, WWE stuff because I'm a diehard WWE fan, man. So, speaking of, I have such a love for professional wrestling, especially WWE. I've been going through the uh, WWE section on the Peacock, and I'm you know making an Excel spreadsheet of all the shows that are on there and putting the dates down. That way, once I get all of them uploaded, I can hit shuffle, or not hit shuffle, hit sort on the dates and have them all in order and watch them in order. Man, that's how much of a freaking nerd I am for wrestling, I guess. Um, but other than that... Like I mentioned, I watched Stranger Things over the weekend. Did I do anything else? I watched a bunch of Netflix movies uh, to get me geared up and ready for the Flixit show that's coming in June. Um, let's see, did anything else really happen over the weekend? Not really, huh? Not much, I guess. Normal weekend for me. You know, hung out with my brother, went up there and watched Stranger Things with him and one of my nieces. I uh, was watching Stranger Things with uh, us as well. And, you know, might as well just go ahead and start off the show jumping into my spoiler-free review of Season 4 of Stranger Things so far, mind you, because Season 4 is not done yet. So, highly anticipated. You know me. If you, you know me, you know I love Stranger Things. It's uh, number two on my all-time favorite shows list of all time. And I was so ready for this season to finally happen, man. Been waiting and waiting. Had to wait even longer because of uh, the COVID nonsense. Finally got... To a point where, you know, Stranger Things happen. We've had the teaser trailers. We've had this. We've had that, man. We've had the full-blown trailers. We've just been dying and clamoring at the bits to see what is going to happen in Season 4. We've heard that it's bigger. And we see that it's bigger with the run times of the episodes. Which, again, even more uh, long run times coming. And... We've heard it's movie size. We've heard it's scarier and it's spookier. And it's more horror-driven this season. And... It absolutely, 100% is all of those things. You can watch this show and you can clearly see that this show is bigger. It's got more of a budget. It's more um, horror. Because which, you know, I said this after watching the first episode. I said it to my brother. You can check with him as well. I'm like, this show is Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> you know, a little more, a lot more serious. <laughs> I was about to say a little more serious. A lot more serious. But you can tell, you can pick out the beats and pieces and all that. And, you know, it's what people were like fantasy casting and mashing up as soon as they heard the that uh, Robert England was casting the show. All of our little horror nerd minds started thinking, ooh, what if Stranger Things and Nightmare on Elm Street cross over? And, you know, kind of got that with uh, the feel and the things we've seen and the uh, homages, if you will, or Easter eggs, however you want to call it, with the things we've seen in this season. Definitely Nightmare on Elm Street vibes uh, in the show, which Stranger Things has always had like a good, good, um, Ability to bring in these uh, things that fans get to pick up on and look into in the Easter egg here and get your egg there and check that out and check this out. And you remember when um, I think season two, Max was dressed as Michael Myers, you know, cool stuff like that. Uh, I just saw when I was flipping through uh, YouTube, I was watching some up, up, down, down videos. And one of the suggestions that came up, funny enough, was from Watch Mojo, which was like Easter eggs from season four, Stranger Things that you may have missed. So um, got that saved to watch later to my watch later list. But this season, so far, again, it's not over. Loved every single bit of it. The longer episodes have not been a dredge at all. Been interested in every single episode. It's had me hooked, had me fully in there. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is killer. Very gory. Very graphic. But I think everything is just hitting on the scale you'd want it to hit. The kids are killing it. Um, I mean, they're all adults now at this point, right? So the adults are killing it. <laughs> but the cast, you already know it's fantastic. The things you're hoping for, you're getting. It's just a brilliantly done show. 
like it always has been. I know a lot of people have their feelings about season two, and I'm there too. I don't hate season two, but there's parts of season two it's like, eh. But the show has just always been what drives people to Netflix, and it's the reason that, you know, I mean, I have the Flix It show, so that's a good reason for me to keep uh, Netflix. But it's the main driver for like, oh, why should I keep Netflix? Oh, Stranger Things is there. I need, I need it for that. But um. Had a great time with the season so far. I've loved everything they've done. I've loved the bigger feel of it. I love the more horror aspect of the whole show. Because the show is primarily a sci-fi show. But it's always had like horror elements thrown in there, which sci-fi kind of does. Sci-fi and horror blend very well together. Look at uh, Aliens and uh, the thing. But um, I've enjoyed everything I've seen so far this season. It's had me captivated. It's had me tearing up at moments. It's had me be like, ooh, that's gross. gross. I love it. <laughs> moments. And um, obviously just overall love for the show and what they've done and what they've created, man. And it's just bravo to them. Bravo to the whole crew over there. I can't wait to see what these next two episodes have in store for us, which are hitting July 1st, which they're taking advantage of another uh, weekend, you know, they uh, released the episodes on Friday last week, so they were ready for the Memorial Day weekend, and now the final two episodes will be releasing around July 4th weekend, so smart move to release the streaming there, cool, and a lot of people are like, oh man, I don't want to have to wait, but hey, I'm perfectly fine waiting with what you gave me again, uh, this has just been awesome so far, and I can't wait to see what happens, especially with that final episode that is uh, of season 4, not the final episode in general, we have a season 5 coming, but that final episode, man, uh, episode 9, which is like 2 hours and 30 minutes long, is just, oh, I'm waiting, so excited and can't wait to see what they bring me, man, so bravo to the team over there, can't wait, you've got me hooked, fantastic season so far, and those two episodes, I'm just waiting to see how everything goes down, but everything... Ah, perfect. So, speaking of Netflix and getting into the news here, Wednesday, Adam's show that we've talked about multiple times on this show because I love the Adam's Family. That's my all-time favorite show, by the way. The original Adam's Family. And I've always loved the Adam's Family through the years between the 90s movies and the new animated movies that came out, the video games, all that stuff. Always loved the Adam's Family. And we know that Tim Burton is directing a project for Netflix, and we now know that it is set to release this fall. We don't have an official official release date yet, but there has was a poster at a, an expo uh, that showed uh, the Wednesday image that we've seen before and it had at the bottom fall 2022. So that show is coming. It is an eight episode series which is described as a coming of age comedy that will be a sleuthing supernatural infused mystery show starring the incredible Jenna Ortega. Speaking of, she is one of the stars of X which is now out for you to purchase, which I highly, highly suggest to purchase that film. Go check out my review of that movie a couple of weeks back, a couple episodes back. I will be buying the film as well, probably get that for my birthday. Um, and X is in my running for maybe my favorite film of the year. I don't know yet. There's so many things ramping up and twisting and turning with my top 10 films of the year. So I love it, man. I love that feeling because last couple of years has been, all right, this is my number one movie. Last year was kind of fun because all year it was Cruella until Tick, Tick, Boom came out and Tick, Tick, Boom just took over that. This year is just a mess of awesomeness <laughs> that is just uh, swirling around and wanting me to really think this one out about what my favorite film is. Normally it's really easy this year. There's been a lot of films I've seen so far. We're not even halfway technically through the done uh, done with the year as they're recording this episode. So there's still a lot of things that are happening, especially, uh, you know, a little Jurassic film that's coming out within a couple of weeks. So uh, within a week, next week. So, oh man, a lot of stuff happening this year. So much stuff still to come. Uh, it's been a great year. And Wednesday, I can't wait to see that show later this year. Again, um, 
Jenna Ortega, up-and-coming Scream Queen. She's done a lot of horror stuff. She's been fantastic in everything I've seen her in, so I'm very happy to see that she's in it. Uh, as Wednesday Adams, Christina Rishi will be in the show in a yet-to-be-revealed character, which I'm glad they haven't told us what that is yet, and I want to see where that ends up going. Uh, she's not Morticia. That role is Catherine Zeta-Jones. Uh, apparently, Christina Rishi is playing a new character. I don't care what she's playing. I'm happy to see her involved in the show. Uh, let's see. Other news, Star Wars had a big week uh, since the last time we talked with a lot of news coming out. First one being here that Jude Law is going to star in an Star Wars series coming to Disney+. Plus. The series are taking over there, over at Disney+. Plus. Uh, much like the Marvel shows, there's a lot of Star Wars shows coming. Uh, the announcement was made at Star Wars Celebration. A description that was given was that the quote, the show takes place during the post Return of the Jedi reconstruction that follows the fall of the Empire, the same as the Mandalorian, but its plot remains a secret, uh, which I kind of touched on that uh, show last week. This is the show with the um, casting call for the 11 to 12 year olds, uh, described as a galactic version of classic Amblin coming of age adventure films of the 80s. We now know that Jude Law will be starring in that show, so I'm definitely into what they're going to bring. Uh, the formal announcement of the new show and Law's role in it were one of the several new Star Wars announcements that were made during the celebration. Uh, this includes a premiere date and trailer for Rogue One prequel series Andor, uh, where it was also announced that that show will begin filming a second batch of 12 episodes this November. It was also uh, announced that The Mandalorian Season 3 will debut in 2023, as well as the Ahsoka series will be debuting in 2023 as well. Continuing with the Star Wars news, uh, the sequel to the Jedi Fallen Order video game, the very good, very strong, very well done video game, the sequel has been announced, and they gave us a teaser trailer with it. The name of the film, or film, <laughs> name of the game is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, the trailer is very interesting, and sadly, it does look like this game will only be on the new generation of consoles, which sucks for us people who can't afford the new consoles, but... Whatever, I'll eventually get there. That's what I had to do with Arkham Knight, and I'll eventually get to the game. So, uh, it looks great. Loved the first Jedi game. Interested, highly ready to check that game out when it happens. So, yeah. Still hate that it's going to next generation systems, but we're in that world now where new system came out. Everybody's got to get it, apparently, even though nobody, not everybody can get it. Can't all afford these things. But hey, anyways, <laughs> it'll happen eventually. Let's see. Other Star Wars stuff that came out. Kathleen Kennedy confirmed uh, various reports that the next film slated to release under the Star Wars banner will be Taka Watiti's upcoming unknown project. Uh, Kennedy went on to reveal that they are currently aiming to have it released sometime in late 2023 with no official dates set as of yet. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy also briefly touched on the future of Star Wars films, saying, quote, of course, there's been a movement all along. They've been a movement all along. As we leave the saga, we have all this great, exciting work happening on the television side that informs so much about where we're going. We want to be very intentional about that. We want to have great talent that we're working with, people who care so deeply about the next iteration of Star Wars and about getting people back into movie theaters so we can really come out with a bang. That is important to us. Oh yes, we need to create a new saga. That takes a lot. There's a lot of conversation about that. Not too much is known about Takawatiti's planned Star Wars film, although the director did note last year that he'd already mapped out what the story for the film will be. 
Uh, Taka Waititi has a history with Star Wars, uh, where he had directed an episode of The Mandalorian, also did some voice work for the series. So, a lot of stuff happening over there with Star Wars. Shows is the main thing they seem to be working on, but they are still working on films. I don't know if Patty Jenkins' Star Wars film is still happening. Last I heard, that movie was put on an indefinite hold. So, let me uh, check back into that real quick, because I know they had... Was it Rogue Squadrons? Squadrons? Rogue, Rogue Squadron. <laughs> um, I knew that was happening. Uh, yeah, the last news we got on that is that it's been delayed. And... Don't know if anything has changed there. Yeah, the last thing I'm seeing right now while doing a Google search is that Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron is still maintaining its release date of December 22nd, 2023. As part of the upcoming Star Wars release schedule, but um, don't know, don't know. So yeah, it looks like uh, scheduling conflicts and other projects Jenkins is working on. Of course, if you don't know who Patty Jenkins is, she is most famously known for uh, the recent Wonder Woman films. So see what happens there, and of course, I'll have an update on the show when we get one. Now, moving over to more news that is not Star Wars related, but is horror related. Remember, the show always has mandatory horror talk. Typically, it has mandatory DC talk, but I didn't really have any DC news this week. Sorry, guys. Um, anyways, back to the horror talk and the thing that uh, the internet has been blowing up over since it has been announced and shown to us. Uh, Winnie the Pooh is going to have a slasher film. Are you kidding me? So Winnie the Pooh, of course, all of you, or the majority of you know it as the Disney property that you've seen throughout the years with Winnie and all his pals and all that stuff. I've never actually watched anything Winnie the Pooh related, to be honest with you. Uh, but the public domain lapsed five months ago, which means things can happen, including a slasher film. So Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, is coming. It wrapped earlier this month, and... The first steals have been released, and one of the steals show Pooh and Piglet about to, I guess, attack a girl while she's enjoying a hot tub. Um, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, will see Pooh and Piglet as the main villains going on a rampage after being abandoned by college-bound Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin is pulled away from them, and he's not given them food. It's made Pooh and Piglet's life quite difficult because they've had to fend for themselves so much they've essentially become feral. Um, so, they've gone back to their animal roots. They're no longer tame. They're like a vicious barren pig who want to go around and try and find prey. Uh, so, <laughs> that sounds interesting. I can't wait to see this. Uh, now, Disney retains the exclusive rights of their version of Pooh Bear and his friends. So, you know, of course, you got to be careful what you're doing here, and they were careful as well with what they could do here to avoid any kind of copyright issues. So, so when they were making, they were doing the best they could to keep it towards the 1926 version of the story as opposed to what Disney has done. So you will notice differences like uh, Pooh Bear has swapped his red T-shirt for a lumberjack suit. Piglet is in black. Um, you'll also notice that a character such as Tigger will not appear because that is a Disney-made character. Nonetheless, doesn't bother me none, because like I mentioned a moment ago, I've never watched anything Winnie the Pooh, but I'm definitely watching this. This just sounds like a riot and a mess waiting to happen, which is just means it's going to be a fun time. So, can't wait to see. What is it again? Blood and Honey? Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. 
I love it, man. I love it when these things come up in public domain where you can do stuff like that. Like, if you've ever read the original stories of some of these Disney characters, like the Little Mermaid and stuff like that, they are brutal. And it makes you, I know it's probably going to make me sound really messed up, but it makes me want to see those versions of those movies. You know, I just love horror. <laughs> Let's see, speaking of horror and continuing horror news, is there a possibility that we're going to get a malignant sequel? Uh, James Wan recently spoke to comicbook.com in the subject of a malignant Malignant. I probably said malignant earlier, didn't I? Malignant sequel came up and gave this rather long response, saying, quote, that's pretty much what I do from the very start, and not so much thinking that, oh, there'll be a sequel for this, but I try to with all my films. I try to have an idea of what the bigger world would look like, the Umbrella Universe, if you will. That way, when I make this particular film, I know what is happening at every moment of the film, at every moment of the storytelling, if you will, because I know the bigger world that the story takes place in. There are potential other stories to tell. That usually is dictated by what the audience wants. If they want more stories, then I have more stories to pull into it. That's my approach, even all the way back to my first film with Saw. I do know the bigger world, like writer Lee Wannell, and I knew the bigger world, and if we were fortunate enough to tell other stories, we have stories ready to tell. So, uh, yes, without saying yes, <laughs> um, there's a possibility for a Malignant sequel. I know a lot of people have jumped on and loved Malignant since it's been released. It was met with kind of mixed reviews when it first released, but people are really enjoying it on the internet. I had a review for it as well. Uh, I enjoyed it myself. I thought it was a bonkers movie, and I had a great time with it. I have a poster from it for it when I got I got uh, free from the theaters, and I'm ready to hang up. Big poster, man. Uh, I love it. Great poster. Solid movie. Like I, 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 I'd welcome a sequel. Why not? I like a lot of the things James Wan does. Uh, obviously, I'm not seeing Aquaman two. Unfortunately, you know, like I said, I'm a James Wan fan, but I'm not going to check that out. It's also a report that he tried to fight to keep Amber Heard on the film, so I'm not really happy with James Wan right now. But I uh, think things will boil over there in time. Uh, let's see other news. Dun, 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 dun. Let's see, I've already talked about. Uh, oh, I got some video game news, I guess. Our video games to transferring to live media, if you will. So, uh, PlayStation, which has been working on bringing their franchises into the live entertainment world, if you will, with uh, movies or TV shows. Uh, for example, you have the Last of Us TV show that will be coming to HBO. you got the Twisted Metal series that's heading to Peacock. You've got the Uncharted film that recently came out. And now we have announced three more, or not we, PlayStation has announced three more of its franchises that will be getting TV adaptations with uh, the Horizon series heading to Netflix, God of War heading to Amazon, and Gran Turismo currently to an unannounced platform or network. Uh, this is interesting. Video games is quite honestly uh, one of the best environments of storytelling right now. Like I mentioned, I mentioned Uncharted. There's a great storytelling in the game movie. Uh, the Last of Us show, we'll see how that ends up going, but The Last of Us is great storytelling. So uh, they've been doing great writing for TV shows. There's always just been, or, or for video games, they've been doing great writing. It's always been kind of a thing like, oh, they're turning a video game into a movie. This is going to stink. So we're, we're going to have to wait and see how this ends up going and you know figuring out how it will end up. But overall, I think it's in... Not surprising idea that some of these things are coming. God of War... Thing in particular that's always that's been rumored for a long time a horizon that should work itself fine to being turned into 
uh, a show, I guess. It's, yeah, it's going to be a show. Gran Turismo, I don't know much about it. Probably played one of the games back in the day. I know there's like a racing game, so I'm interested to see how that gets turned into a story. I don't know if any of the more recent games have had stories. I really don't know. I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to it. But we'll, you know, we'll see how that ends up going. And there's also a uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Hope I said that right. Uh, project in the works as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's not surprising that PlayStation's turning these things into... You know, other haven't taken these things into other avenues. Uh, been successful video games, like why not try to capitalize on most recent success of something like Sonic, for example. The Sonic films have made big bank, uh, especially the new film, which again is on Paramount Plus now, which I need to check out. I need to go check that out movie finally, but we'll see. We'll see how everything ends up going there. You know, like I said, it's been very, very hit and miss, mostly towards the miss with uh, video games turned into. Uh, movies, or I don't know if any video game has been turned into a TV show, but we're going to see how it all works out with uh, The Last of Us, the Twisted Metal, and then, of course, these three shows that are on the way. So, our four shows. Take, uh, again, Ghost Shizima, I believe, is a show. Maybe a movie. I don't know. But <laughs> it's on the way. Speaking of things that's on the way, look at that segue, man. I'm burning through this episode. Uh, Crimes of the Future is on the way this week. It is rated R. It's a horror sci-fi film. It's one hour and 47 minutes, and this will be in theaters. I've talked about this a couple of times. Uh, this is the movie about as the human species adapts to a synthetic environment, the body undergoes new transformations and mutations. With his partner Caprice, Saul Tenzer, celebrity performance artist, publicly showcases the metamorphosis of his organs and avant-garde performances. Uh, Timlin, played by Kristen Stewart, is an investig investigator investigator from the National Oregon Registry obsessively tracks their movement, which is when a mysterious group is revealed. Their mission? To use Saul's notoriety to shed light on the next phase of human evolution. I may go check this out in theaters this week, man. This movie sounds disgusting, and I'm interested. <laughs> Let's see. We also got Dash Cam coming out this week. This is also rated R. It is a horror film, one hour and 17 minutes. Ooh, quick breeze. I've quick as one of the Stranger Things episodes that recently came out. Uh, this will be in theaters and streaming at the start of the pandemic. An indulgent and self-deluded live streaming improv musician abandons L.A. for London, steals her ex-bandmate's car, and makes the wrong decision to give a ride to an elderly woman who is not what she seems. Interesting. Now, this movie, I believe, is shot in like a found footage way, which I myself, if you are like me, am not a big fan of the found footage stuff, but I found myself really enjoying Host. So if the film is very well done and is good, it will work for me. And Host is a fantastic film. Go check that out. Uh, it's on Shudder, and Shudder you should have anyways. It's a fantastic streaming service. Uh, which, by the way, I finished all the cursed films on Shudder. Um, part 2. Yeah, Part 2, Season 2, whatever you want to call it. Great documentary, great stuff always happening over there on Shudder, man. Check it out. Let's see, what else is coming out? We've got Interceptor. Uh, this is a, an action-adventure, one-hour, 36-minute film that will be on Netflix. The tough-in-reality-bruised Captain J.J. Collins finds herself in charge of a lone nuclear missile inceptor base in the middle of the Pacific Ocean after she is wrongfully drummed out of her dream job at the Pentagon. When a simultaneously when a simultaneous coordinated attack then threatens the base itself, Collins comes face-to-face -face with the charismatic yet crooked Alexander Kessel, a former U.S. military intelligence officer intent on carrying out an unthinkable plan. Ooh. 
With only minutes on the clock, Collins must utilize her years of tactical training and military experience to determine who she can trust and stop Kessel and his covat missioner mercenaries missioners yikes mercenaries from completing their twisted and terrible mission. This is a film on Netflix, which is a good example of something I will end up watching because of the Flixit show, and I'll have the review exclusively on the Flixit show on our Patreon in June. Uh, let's see. White Elephant. Mystery, thriller, action, one hour, 29 minutes. This will be in theaters and streaming. When an assassination attempt is witnessed by two cops, Gabriel Tregretti, an ex-Marine turned mob enforcer, is ordered by his ruthless mob boss, played by Bruce Willis, to eliminate any and all threats. With an eager underlying out to proof himself. Yikes, let me try that again. <laughs> I don't know why my voice just did that, but hey, things happen. I am drinking soda. Uh, with an eager underlying, uh, underlining out to prove himself, rival gangs making moves in a rising body count. Each step, Tancredi, Tancredi makes threatens lives, including his own. This film is one of the final films we're going to see Bruce Willis in. I remember he had to retire recently from acting. This is a film he already finished shooting, so that'll be out soon. Uh, let's see, Neptune Frost, a sci-fi musical, one hour, 45 minutes. This will be in theaters. In an outwardly e-waste camp made of recycled computer parts, a subversive hacking collective attempts to take over... Jesus, let me try that again. A subversive hacking collective attempts to take over of the Thorian regime, exploiting the regime's natural resources and its people. Jesus. When an intersex, when an intersex runaway and an escaped Colton Miner find each other through cosmic forces, their connection sparks glitches within the greater divine circuitry with hypnotic visuals and original songs composed by musician and co-director Saul Williams. The celestial cyber musical offers a radically bold vision of power, exploitation, and love. Jeez, I struggled with that one. <laughs> that, was, that was a lot to read there. A lot of words. A lot of words to try to pronounce. Yeah. Fun times, fun times, fun times to be out there. And it looks like it is produced by Lin-Manuel Miranda and Ezra Miller. Right on. So that's my boy. I like Ezra. I know he's gotten in some trouble recently, but a lot of your favorite celebrities have gotten in trouble as well. So um, standing by, one of my favorite actors, hoping he gets better. And also viewable for you is Nat. Well, that's kind of new. It came out in theaters a couple months ago. Fantastic Beast: The Secrets of Dumbledore is now available to watch on HBO Max. I will gladly be watching that soon. I said that about the Batman when it hit HBO Max. I still haven't watched it. Um, but I'm planning very heavily to see this movie. I really enjoyed it. Again, if you want to check out my review, I did a couple episodes ago, but I'm happy to watch the Fantastic Beasts Secrets of Dumbledore. Again, all the haters of the Fantastic Beasts films, I don't get you. That's your choice. Whatever. But that does it. Is that it? That's the news. And what's releasing this week? Boy, howdy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said boy, howdy. Then I just want to say something random. And boy, howdy seemed about right. So <laughs> I got to queue up the trailer for this week's review. Second review, man. Reviewed Stranger Things season four so far earlier. And now I'm going to talk Top Gun Maverick. So I'm going to play that trailer and then I'll be back with my thoughts about the latest Tom Cruise film. Yeah. 
What do we have here? Yeah, here I thought we were special. Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. Whatever. What the hell kind of mission is this? Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they gonna get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage expectations. What the hell? Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking. And we're off. Here we go. In three, two, one. We're going into combat on a level no living pilot's ever seen. Not even him. You think up there you're dead? Believe me. My dad believed in you. I'm not gonna make the same mistake. Someone's not coming back from this. Those are your pilots. Anything happens to them. You'll never forgive yourself. No turning back now. Yet. All right, welcome back to the show. That was the trailer for, of course, this week's review, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, the movie was released last week. It is a PG-13 film. It's rated PG-13 for some strong language and sequences of intense action. film is, of course, an action-adventure film coming in at 2 hours and 11 minutes, and it is, of course, only in theaters. After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Maverick Mitchell, played by Tom Cruise, is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement and rank that would ground him. When he finds himself training a detachment of Top Gun graduates for a specialized mission, the likes of which no living pilot has ever seen, Maverick encounters Lieutenant Bradley Bradshaw, played by Miles Teller, whose call sign is Rooster, the son of Maverick's late friend and radar interceptor officer, Lieutenant Nick Bradshaw, a.k.a. Goose. Facing an uncertain future and confronting the ghosts of his past, Maverick is drawn into a confrontation with his own deepest fears, culminating in a mission that demands, that demands the ultimate sacrifice from those who can, from those who will be chosen to fly it. Woo! All right, the movie on Rotten Tomatoes currently has a critic score of 96% and an audience score of, are you ready for this, 99%, while IMDb has it at an 8.7 out of 10. Get out of here, IMDb, you are drunk. Um, Top Gun Maverick is a 100% fantastic film in my books, man. What an incredible job they did with this movie. We're talking about a film that is a sequel to a movie that's already 
revered and loved that released back 30 plus years ago. And you heard that this uh, sequel's coming, and we've had to wait a little bit for it because of the COVID nonsense and all that. But it finally came. It finally got here. And I just remember seeing the trailers for this film and getting goosebumps from the trailers alone. Like, this is going to be something special. And it's kind of a thing. I know I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. Quite possibly, he is my favorite actor. And it's not just that, man. It's like when you have a action movie coming... And it stars Tom Cruise, you're in for something special. Because Tom Cruise is a very talented actor, no matter what anybody wants to say. And when he does these action movies, there's always a good story involved with them. And this movie is just brilliant in the way they did everything. Uh, that was my one-word review after I got out of the theaters. Uh, I posted on my socials, like, one, one in one word, this movie is brilliant. And it absolutely is. What they did to make a sequel to a film that you're like, oh, probably doesn't need a sequel, was incredible. Like, I loved what they did. I loved the story they told with this movie. The action scenes are, of course, incredible. We'll touch into that a little bit here later on with the film, but I like how they delivered everything. I like how everything was set up. It made perfect sense. It followed perfectly after, you know, how you would expect things to be 30 years later with these characters. And the addition of the new kids, or the new Top Gun uh, the aviators, if you will, um, we're great, man. I mean, Miles Teller, I've known as a pretty talented actor. I haven't fully followed in his career, but I know that he's, he's really good. And, uh, you know, he's been forgiven for you know, a fantastic four movie, uh, which a lot of people hate. I kind of want to go back and rewatch that. Cause if a lot of people, hate that might mean I might like it, but I don't remember coming out of there all that happy after seeing that movie, but I digress. We're not talking about that movie right now. Uh, this movie, it's so good, man. Like, I lost count, honestly. And it's an action movie, but I honestly lost count how many times I teared up throughout the film. Not just at moments, like, just throughout the film. And I'm, I'm noticing, uh, kind of like Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith cries at everything now, but he's a stoner. That's what he complains. He uh, says is the reason why I'm not a stoner at all. But I still tear up at things, man. Things get me. And this movie was just absolutely incredible from start to finish. It did not feel like it was two hours and 11 minutes. Just... All the action scenes, they get you, like, at the edge of your seat. Like, like this feeling of, like, oh, this is insane. This is amazing. Like, I saw it in an RPX theater, which I highly suggest seeing this in a theater where you've got the biggest screen and, like, the seats shake and rattle and all that stuff. Because it's just an amazing experience when you're watching this movie and you're seeing these planes and jets and all that stuff just flying off. I'm not an aviator. I don't know plane talk. But you see these planes flying at a high rate and doing these maneuvers and all this stuff and your sheets, your uh, seats shaking at the same time. So freaking cool and awesome, man. Highly suggesting this in like an RPX theater or something like that. But uh, back to Miles Teller, I thought he did a great job playing Rooster, uh, Goose's son, and freaking he looks like it, man. He looks absolutely like it, and obviously I'm not getting any spoilers away, but You'll watch the movie and you'll be like, man, that is Goose's son for sure. Uh, you look through the whole cast is very, very good, man. And I, I don't, I didn't really look up the cast beforehand, but I don't recognize a lot of the people other than, you know, the obvious here. But I think the cast is fantastic. I think they're great. Seeing Val Kilmer back in the movie was a great move. Hearing that Tom Cruise fought to get Val Kilmer in the film was awesome. That was, and that's not a spoiler, that was announced beforehand. So this time, well, like I said, I'm not going to spoil the movie in any way. You know, it definitely has its nostalgia beats, you know, especially when you hear the Top Gun theme and you hear that song or, you know, and you're just, ah, uh, just goosies as soon as the 
no pun intended there, but just the goosebumps you get when the movie, uh, it's so good. It's so incredible. Like, I can't stop, I can't praise this movie enough. And I, I just like, everybody is just top notch in this movie. Like, every single one of them. Like, the whole cast is just, ah, so good. So, um, and that's like I was mentioning with a Tom Cruise movie, especially when it's an action movie, you get those feelings of edge of the seat feelings because you know that it's real <laughs> for in a, in a way because you know obviously it's a movie and you know they can do certain things and all that stuff but it's like this stuff's real man like this is really them flying the planes uh you know that's the question I, that a lot of people have are are the actors really flying the jets and in short yeah they are uh tom cruise is you know renowned for doing his own stunt work and he wanted the stars too. So Miles Teller, uh, Monica Babar Barbo. Sorry if I messed up your name. I suck at names. Nothing against you. You were fantastic at the movie, Monica. If you're listening, uh, and Glenn Powell all learned how to fly. Uh, there's a film aerial film coordinator by the name of Kevin LaRosa Jr. who joined Tom Cruise in putting together an intense flight program. And you can Google it. And you can read up on that. There was a flight program, and they learned how to fly. And that's just amazing and there's another reason why this movie works so well because like i said tom cruise doesn't mess around when it comes to these action movies we've known him to do his stunts and he wants these things to come off in the best way and top gun comes off in the best way and you know the people are reacting in a good way to it because the movie hit big at the box office it uh, it's a new memorial day weekend record you know uh the sequel collected 156 million in its first four days of release and only four days has made that much money it uh, surpassed disney's pirates of the caribbean at world's end by uh looks like three million dollars here uh pirates of the caribbean at world's end launched with 153 million dollars on its more uh, memorial day weekend released back in 2007 now top gun maverick has the record for memorial day weekend's biggest debut at 156 million dollars uh, this is also the biggest debut in Tom Cruise's 40-year career of filming, making his first movie to surpass $100 million in a single weekend. Uh, previously, it was War of the Worlds was his biggest opening at $64 million back in 2005. And uh, his biggest opening weekend followed by 2018's Mission Impossible Fallout, which was at $61 million. So Top Gun Maverick is making big business. Hasn't really been any talk of a sequel that I've seen happening, but they want to. People have shown up for this movie. They're in for it in a big, bad way. It's getting a lot of positive reviews. Again, 96% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. That's high. And an audience score of 99%. That's incredible. And I love it because this movie deserves it. The movie is absolutely brilliant from start to finish. It hits the nostalgia beats it needs to hit. And it moves the story in a way that just is so incredible. So I highly, highly, highly suggest seeing Top Gun Maverick in theaters. Do not wait for it to hit Paramount+. Plus guess that's where it's going first and would make sense to go there but don't wait man go to theaters and see this movie um you know go see it this weekend you know you got jurassic world next week go see it this weekend uh top gun maverick is meant to be seen in theaters it absolutely should be seen there there's no other way that you should watch this movie it's amazing for the big screen and again see it in like an rpx theater or an imax or something that gives you the seat interaction and all that stuff. That sounds dirty. I didn't mean it like that way, but still. Um, get those, uh, she, I'm not saying it, <laughs> but definitely highly suggest seeing this movie in theaters. And again, I mentioned it earlier in the show where my list of the top 10 is just, it's circling right now. It's trying to aviate. Yeah.
Yeah, well, that use of wording right there, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm stupid. Anyways, yes, see Top Gun Maverick ASAP. It is worth every bit of that ticket price. It deserves more. What an incredibly amazing film this is. I can't wait to see it again. I may, you know, I was talking about going to see that one movie this weekend. I may end up going to see Top Gun Maverick again because it's just, ah, it's breathtaking. Absolutely breathtaking film. And that does it for this episode. I appreciate all of you joining in and listening to me ramble on about the latest in the movie realm as well as, um, you know, two reviews, man, and me punching the mic. That was good. <laughs> Stranger Things Season 4, fantastic. Check it out. It's on Netflix. Uh, final two episodes will be hitting July 1st, and Top Gun Maverick is showing in theaters now. Go see it. Do not wait. Go see it in theaters ASAP, as in right now. <laughs> but as always, I appreciate you joining in. Remember to follow the Throw Me Podcast Network on Facebook and on YouTube for all of our shows and any randomness we get up to as well. Be sure to take care of yourself and remember that happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one remembers to turn on the light. Talk to you all next episode. Review it, Rob. Over and out. Thank you for joining me this week. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get updates on all new episodes. As well, follow me on Twitter at review underscore it underscore Rob. Stay tuned for more adventures.